Welcome to Good Enough with the Trauma Therapist, a podcast dedicated to empowering you to take control of your life, learning valuable strategies for healing and looking at mental health through a trauma-informed lens. Get ready to feel empowered and confident in managing your symptoms. And now, here is your host, licensed clinical social worker, EMDR therapist, and certified clinical trauma professional, Jamie Vollmuller. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Good Enough. I am your host, Jamie Vollmuller, LCSW, founder of Suffolk Family Therapy, and I'm here with... Hi, I'm Christy Casper, LCSW, one of the clinicians over at Suffolk Family Therapy. So today we're going to talk about everyone's biggest fear, becoming your parents. <laughs> so it's, it's a common thing that people have the tendency to go the opposite extreme of their parents because they're so worried about like not being their parents. <laughs> so some of you are probably nodding your heads right now because we've all been there at some point, haven't we? Because our childhood and our upbringing have such a significant influence on our parenting style. Mm-hmm. So for example, like a mother could have been raised in a family with strict parents, rigid rules, no room for negotiation. Her childhood memories most likely consist of constantly being berated for her mistakes, no positive feedback, and she grew up feeling neglected. She might have decided to raise her child differently and offer them a warm and loving environment with fewer rules, more leniency than most in most situations, giving the child little or no boundaries leading to problems like poor impulse control or bad habits. So we need to ask ourselves, is it really necessary to go to the extremes in parenting? And how do we find that balance between being firm and being supportive? Exactly. I think it's really what we're talking about when we talk about intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. Because of what you experience as a child, the normal and expected things like when your kid cries or yells or has any kind of big emotion, you get triggered, right? So that internal discomfort that leads you to act in ways that your rational brains know, your brain knows, it's just not realistic. It's not right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And going back to that early example, that mom likely becomes dysregulated every time that child experiences a negative emotion. So not because she's a bad mom, but just because she's trying to prevent her kid from feeling like she did as a kid. So she doesn't want her kid to feel sad or hurt or angry and she thinks to herself, like, they're going to feel unloved if I hold this boundary or say no or, you know, like, don't give them what they want. And that coupled with the anxiety that she's feeling in her body, that physical discomfort we were talking about last week, causes her to not really do her job as a parent. So she solves all their problems for them. She runs every time they fall to console them. She makes all their decisions for them because she doesn't want them to feel like they're alone or that she doesn't care. But it winds up making your kids growing up feeling like they can't trust their judgment or that they need others' approval to make decisions for themselves. Right. So what our kids need is an emotionally regulated parent. Yeah. Or parents, (laughs) not perfect parents, right? Yeah. But someone who, when they mess up, is able to say, hey, I'm sorry, mommy was feeling frustrated or angry or sad. I shouldn't have yelled or I shouldn't have whatever happened, the behavior was or action. So as parents, we're the indicators to our children, whether or not the environment is safe. 
if we're dysregulated, it signals to them something's wrong, and then they become dysregulated. But if we're able to be the intergenerational trauma breaker and stay calm, they can remain calm and learn how to regulate their own selves and be functional adults. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Our kids need us to stay calm when they're upset. They need us to let them make the mistakes, to learn how to navigate life from a safe distance from us. It doesn't mean we're not watching them or correcting them if they push the boundary too far, but we should be giving them the freedom to experience the world for themselves because this gives them the confidence to navigate these challenges as an adult. One of the reasons I continue therapy, even though I know my triggers, I have healthy coping skills, you know, I'm a high functioning human, is that there's always still room for growth. I I feel like there'll always be room for growth because we just want to constantly challenge ourselves to be better people and we can always be better people. And parenthood is really... I I know for me, but I think for most people, one of the biggest challenges that you face in your your life, but it's also one of the roles in our life that I think as as people who have kids, right? It's mm-hmm. it's one of our most cherished roles. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, oh, this is hard yeah. and adulting is hard. Yeah. But also like, ah, oh, this is the best thing ever to be a mom. Yeah. Look at my kids and be like, I love you so much. You're so beautiful. And then they'll do something and I'll be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but part of the reason I still go to therapy is because I know to be the best mother I can be because I have stuff that I still need to work through and they still trigger mm-hmm. me that in order to work through those automatic thoughts and my worldviews of like, you know, I'm not good enough for, I'm not a good enough mom or I'm responsible for everything. I have to fix it. So I'm not replaying these things with my kids and they don't become little people pleasers who feel like they have to fix everything mm-hmm. is, is continuing therapy, right? Because I don't want to be my parent and everyone's right. fear is being their parent. Aww, for sure. I agree with that. It's funny though, because in order to be a good parent, you absolutely need to work on your own stuff. And and like you said, parenthood makes it absolutely difficult to do that because you're yeah. doing a million things at once and putting out fires, you know, all the time. But I know an argument I get from a lot of my clients is that there's just no time for themselves. Yeah. Usually the time for themselves is at bedtime when everyone's sleeping and they're knocked out in their own bed, you know. I think it's It goes back to how we were raised and socialized, especially as women. So, like, we're Mm -hmm. raised and socialized to take care of everyone else. To put others' feelings and needs before our own. And we take on every single responsibility. So, when we're feeling burnt out and overwhelmed, instead of asking for help or to tap out, we often blame ourselves for not being superwoman. Like, oh, I should be able to work full time and get my kids to soccer and dance and tutoring and clean the house (laughs) and cook healthy meals and do the laundry and damage control all at the same time. (laughs) And if I can't, something must be wrong with me. But no, girl, no, that's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not just women, it's it's men too. I know my husband has a lot of the same core beliefs as me. And he'll be like, oh my God, I'm such a bad dad because I had a bad day. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's just also, it's so universal because now in society, everyone's so focused on social media and everyone has to have that perfect life. And everyone posts that perfect picture of their perfect family. So we see everyone living their quote unquote best lives and these pictures of these perfect houses and these perfect kids. But the funny thing is that 
most of my clients, most of my friends, most of my family, if they are those people that are posting chronically on social media about like how perfect everything is, mm-hmm. they're <laughs> the perfect meal I made. <laughs> they're usually like really, really insecure people who don't feel happy. Like they're doing this yeah. as, as a way to get that external validation from others that I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a good job and convincing themselves that their life is so great. Yeah. So this was a big theme for us in the don't know how she does it group for the burnt out mamas who are trying to live up to be superwoman. And the main takeaways I think we all got were that it truly does take a village to raise kids, even virtually, even long distance now that we have virtual and the technology. So you need to also fill your cup to fill others, meaning Mm -hmm. that you cannot be the best mom or wife, daughter, employee, if you're chronically running on empty and depriving yourself of the support that you need to keep yourself sane. So -hmm. like therapy, exercise, seeing friends, date nights, and quality time with your kids outside of running them to the never-ending list of activities that they're involved in, you know? Yeah. And taking care of you is what allows you to take care of them, right? To be truly emotionally present with your kids and engaged in their lives rather than going through your day like a robot with no energy. You really need to take care of yourself so you have that that ability Mm -hmm. to be present. Right. So, yeah, it's being emotionally present and engaged and available is what helps our kids to form secure, healthy attachments with us and that secure base that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's what makes it so as teenagers, they come to us with problems rather than seeking out support and advice from friends as a primary source of support and education. Mm -hmm. So the parent-child attachment is critical for a child's social, emotional, cognitive development, the emotional bond between the child and the parent can have lasting effects on the child's relationship throughout their life. Yeah. Now we really wanted to get into, because I'm sure it would be helpful to to get into how we establish a good bond with our kids so that we don't repeat the same mistakes as our parents, right? It's like I'm doing a lot of little things and feeling like there's still a disconnect between me and my child, for example. Like the first thing you'd want to do is spend time with your kid. Like read a book, cook walk together. And, and when I say cook, I don't mean like expect the kid to not make a mess and like do it exactly perfectly. Right. Like the goal there is not to be like, you're going to be a gourmet chef. Yes. And it's going to be clean. And it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> and there's not going to be any mess. So I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old for, for our listeners who do not know. So there will always be a mess. Mm-hmm. But the goal is really to just spend time with them and make them feel loved and appreciated and, and, and seen. Mm-hmm. Um, heard. All that. And heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's important, the quality time that you spend with each other, even if you're trying to get information out of them, and they say something ridiculous, because kids are ridiculous, right? Yeah. Just not negating them right away. No, that didn't happen. Just instead, oh, wow, tell me more about that, even if you know it's ridiculous, you know? Doing different quality times, such as like, I don't know, in my house, once in a while, we'll do movies and snackies in bed, you know? Yeah. and they love it, taking walks, like you said, cooking. Like if you're afraid of your kid getting hurt on the stove, do like a non-baking thing, you know? Or you can, you know, my husband has done it even as little as like two years old with Michael. He loves to bake my husband. So he would like have Michael help him knead the bread. And of course, my two-year-old could not knead the bread well, but he loved to punch the bread. So it, it made him feel happy, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, it's important that time spent is truly the quality time. So we also hear a lot from parents that of 
parents of our kid clients. So then I drive them here. I drive them there. I sit at their practice. I watch TV with them or I play video games with them. But none of those things are really fostering deep connections. Like yeah. maybe some of the video games if they're interactive, engaging, engaging and yeah. stuff. But uh, the deep connection really requires that you are, again, actively engaged in conversation. It's hard to know about your kid's life without really talking with them. Yeah. So family dinner is a great consistent quality time hour Mm -hmm. or family game night where you play games or movies for like i said before for me oh no i didn't say this before for me and my son we chat about his day when we're you know in bed at night snuggling before i leave him and tuck him in and a lot of times he's too tired and he'll say tell me about your day mommy you know which is really sweet um and he doesn't really want to listen but but for me you know we chat about his day and in those settings there's just a little there's little to distract you or your child from being engaged in bonding. You have that attention for each other. Yeah. I, I think that's why I love the outdoors so much. I love camping. I love hiking because I just feel again, like with the age of social media and television and all of that, like our kids are constantly in front of these screens and it's so easy for them to just tune you out and watch Bluey or whatever the mm-hmm. older kids are into <laughs> nowadays. You know, or scroll on TikTok, whatever they do. But like going camping is a thing that I love to do. And I, it's no electronics, no, no, none of that. And we do s'mores and we play volleyball and we go, you know, I, I love going out to uh, Shelter Point because mm-hmm. they have like a little beach there and then we can make a beach day out of it. Yeah. The, this generation does not have the same connection with Mm-mm. nature or people. I don't know about you guys, but that's, that'd be my opinion. I've always felt that the sense of community has been lacking since I was a kid. Although in my neighborhood, I feel really lucky because we do know basically all our neighbors. Yeah. Um, My in-laws lived there for 40 something years and we have the house now and it's just amazing. All the kids, there's so many kids in the neighborhood. When I was little, there were so many adults. I trusted them and they were cool. You know, they were over our house sometimes, but there were no kids around. So I feel like my kids are really lucky. They have the best of both worlds, the community aspect outdoors. And also they do have that video game time screen. Time. It's also because you as a mom are like, go play outside too. Like yeah. you enforce that boundary. Like we're not going to sit <laughs> on the, the screens house. all the time. Yeah. But I, I, I think that that's, that's part of the shift in our culture is that, you know, when, when our parents, so I'm, I'm 30, 33 next week, when our parents were younger, like they used to play outside all the time. They didn't, everyone didn't have a TV or a computer or a phone to just mm-hmm. scroll on all the time. Right. So the only way that kids would interact would be like going out and socializing. Mm-hmm. You'd make plans on the bus and hope that they remembered to yeah. meet you at the corner, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. With their bikes. I even, even when I was a teenager, right? Like I would like walk to my girlfriend's house or we'd walk around the neighborhood, but you had that face to face interaction that the kids don't get. But anyway, going back to it, that's, that's, I think, why this generation of parents has such a hard time connecting with their kids, because there's so many distractions to getting their attention. So it's really important to set aside time to not have any of those distractions so you can really engage. But another like really vital factor in creating that like healthy bond with your kid is the unconditional love and affection. So what we mean by unconditional, so unconditional for our listeners means that you, no matter what, are going to love your child. And though as parents, I think we all feel that sometimes our actions to our children don't align like that. So like I've worked with parents before that's like, well, I'm angry, so I'm not talking to them. But that that is to a child that's withholding love. Mm-hmm. And that's if you do something I do not approve 
approve of or I disagree with. I'm going to be angry at you. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to stop contact. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you're going to feel my wrath. Mm-hmm. I think another way to go about a situation like that is mm-hmm. to legit be honest with your kids. Say, listen, mommy's upset right now and I need five minutes alone just to just to reset. We use that word a lot in my house. Let's mm-hmm. go reset. You look like you need to reset. It's okay to say those things. Oh, yeah. I do that. Uh, again, my kids are two and four, so I have to explain things like in depth like a hundred times. A hundred times. But, you know, my, when my son will say like, I want this or I want that, and I have to say no, and, and he'll get really upset like, mommy, I want you to do this right now. And I try not to say no, although we can say no, but I try to say Mom, you can't do that right now. I have to finish the dishes. If you do this, and it's really helpful in those situations where you're trying to hold the boundary to give an accurate time frame mm-hmm. for them so they know when to engage again. So like after mommy finishes the dishes, we can go play outside. I think that's something you and I, we used to work at YAI at group yes. homes and yes. we learned that being DSPs, direct support professionals, yes. right? A million years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't ever want to say no, but it's okay to say, you know what? Yeah. You can have that piece of candy. Why don't we? You help me cook first. We'll eat dinner, and then if you have enough room in your belly, I'll give you that little piece of candy yeah. or something. Um, and that's honestly what we yeah. do in my house every night. My husband, my son's always like, hey, "Mommy, can I have dessert?" And always before dinner, I'm like, "Eat all your dinner, and then and then I get dessert." Yeah. Yes, kiddo, and then you get dessert. <laughs> it's like, but you get it. You do get it. <laughs> you do get it. And and. The last thing is to just encourage that open communication. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what we were talking about with that unconditional love, right? Is like, if you're upset communicating that to your kid, that teaches them Mm -hmm. that it's okay to be wrong. And and I hear from a lot of adults that we work with, and, and probably a lot of our listeners feel the same, that they never felt heard by their parents or that their parents didn't apologize. And that's how they parent mm-hmm. because they're like, they're the kid. They need to know that I'm in mm-hmm. control. But what that really communicates to your kid is uh, uh, this power dynamic. And when you're creating this power dynamic, even though there's a dynamic, you don't want to rule your kids by fear. Mm-hmm. You want to rule your kids with love and affection and, and, and acceptance and on your acceptance. own, holding yourself responsible. Yeah. You want your kid to listen to you because they love you and they know that you're there for them and you take care of them and you're going to support them and they don't want to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to listen to you because you're, they're afraid mm-hmm. that if they don't, you're going to ab- abandon them. Right? Yeah. So again, this is good enough with Jamie Vollmuller and Christy Gasper from Suffolk Family Therapy. I just want to let you know that you are good enough. Thank you for listening to Good Enough with the Trauma Therapist. We appreciate you listening. While our host may provide some personal and professional advice, we want to remind you that this show is for entertainment purposes only. Each individual situation is unique and good enough is not a substitute for mental health treatment. If you need a therapist and are located in New York or Missouri, feel free to reach out to us at liendr.com or brave-mo.com.